With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Some Patty Sheen on Bob Talk Radio. Some dark There is a spirit who brings a fire. Good morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Good morning again and welcome to Lit Speak right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. As you join us on this journey, we invite you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination. Today is Tuesday, the 24th of March, and Derek, how was your week? You know, it was busy. (laughs) It was spring break week. Oh, gee, that's right. And we got to go to my state, uh, my son's state speech and debate tournament and so got to put it out there he got sixth in the entire state he made finals i'm so proud i'm so proud of it that is absolutely wonderful it it is i've known him for a number of years yes him and jeremy did a great job yeah they did they did well how was your week well i will have you know my son Okay. Turned 32 years old yesterday. Golly, you're that old, Pat. That goes to show that I am really, <laughs> really over the hill. I thought, oh my goodness, this is my youngest. Yes, it's boy. Kind of scary. <laughs> you're old. I am old. I know. <laughs> I know. I saw that on Facebook, by the way. I oh, saw I'm that. Sure you did. Yeah, I wished him a happy yeah. birthday on. Yeah. All the, all the way across the pond. I know, I yeah. know. I, I did a chat with him. We do the, the Gmail chat thing, and I chatted with him. What are you doing special for your birthday? Just relaxing, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so good. well, good for you. So I guess he's getting old, too. <laughs> yeah, he's getting old, too. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're all getting old. We, <laughs> we are sure all getting are. old. I'm so excited about our our guest Well, today. we have a wonderful show today. Yeah. Folks, imagine living your normal everyday life until out of the blue an unexpected diagnosis rocks your world forever. How would you react? With fear? Helplessness? Would your face take over and convict and convince you that everything is going to be okay? Well, Halo Martin. Halo Metzel was a happy, healthy wife and mother of three children who found joy in caring for her family and enjoying the life God had given her. In 2011, life as Halo knew it took a dramatic turn. Diagnosed with a rare brain tumor, Halo faced the reality of impending brain surgery with a degree of fear, but the confidence that she was in God's hands. Her physician had informed her she would be hospitalized for six days following surgery, but circumstances resulted in a much longer hospitalization and a grueling road to recovery. Halo joins us today to share her life-changing experience, her journey back to health, and how she gained a whole new perspective on her life and her relationship with God. Halo can be found on her webpage at halofoundhope.com. Her Twitter handle is the same, again, Halo, mm-hmm. H-A-L-O, found hope. And her Facebook page is also Halo Found Hope. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Halo. It's a pleasure to have you here on the show with us today. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Derek. Beautiful to be with both of you. Well, we realize that you went through a harrowing experience, Halo. I will, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Derek, can I cannot really imagine, imagine what it was because like. Because I have never been there, but Derek has. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm what sure have you been through, Derek? 
Um, I was I was diagnosed. I was having symptoms, and uh, they believed that I had a just a, a cyst that was growing in. That they when they originally saw it on the film, they thought it was a cyst, and and so uh, we weren't going to do anything about it. But then symptoms got worse: losing uh, vision, losing hearing, having tremors, uh, those types of things. So they decided to go in, and they found out it was benign, but it was almost like a, a sponge. Uh, type of uh, foreign body that was sitting right on my pineal cyst, right in the middle. So uh, they wow. went in and took it out, and then one year later had to go back in and try and and they weren't able to get it out. They had to pick it, and okay. of course didn't didn't get all of it. It grew back. Uh, they went in again um, and tried to get it out. Couldn't put a shunt in, just an intracranial shunt. And mm-hmm. then two days later, if you remember, Halo, do you remember the after the surgeries, the drain tubes that come out of the back of your head? Um, in They're, my situation, I didn't have that. Um, I oh, didn't have did. drain. Yeah, you, well, at least if that, if I did, I don't remember because I went comatose. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so there's little know. drain tubes that come out that drain uh, fluid off, and they went to take it out. Of course, they're sutured onto your skull, and they pulled one. And it snapped off and went back in my head, so I had to have another craniotomy to get that out. So uh, wow. it was. So any time now that I hear loud snapping noises, I shoot back to that. But I was particularly moved by the picture that we have of you uh, in ICU, and I had asked my wife when I was doing the slides this morning if if that's what I had looked at. You know, you have the turban on and the, like. and the ven- ventilator. Yeah, if that's what I had looked like. So. Uh, I was very interested in this interview this morning. <laughs> God bless you. I'm so thankful that not only the great physician, but those physicians surrounding you, that he watched over their hands and that you are here talking. They were both talking to each other this morning. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the truth, Halo. He mm-hmm. was Derek was our pastor for 12 years at wow. my church. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we... we um, went through all of that with, with me. Him yes. And, uh, yes, and, and yes. just kind of... Did our best to to support him. I have a strong admiration for pastors, and so uh, God bless you, Pastor Eric. You keep spreading that word. Um, <laughs> Thank you. We'll try. Absolutely. And Amazing. Yeah, I, I met with way. pastors. They read my book uh, a few weeks ago, and we sat there and we interviewed, and I and they showed I showed them the video book trailer, and three of them started to cry. And they said, you should have told us and handed out tissue first. And I said, look, I'm still standing here. I'm still alive. We're all alive in Christ, whether we stay here or when he calls us home. It's all good, pastors. Don't you cry no more. So, um, it's you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, that new discovery and, and strength found in knowing that um, Jesus is our light. And Absolutely. when I when you put me on hold and I heard that song ignite our candle amidst the darkness, you should have seen me right now because I was dancing going thank you Jesus you're right <laughs> you know in that dark setting when we yeah. hold on to Jesus in that light and how no matter what we're going through, he can lighten it for us. So Absolutely. one of my favorite songs and when Derek and I mm-hmm. talked about putting together the show and he talked about doing a a music opening opening yeah. I said I know what I want and I yeah. knew what I. <laughs> Yeah. You were right with what you're doing there, Pat. That was a great choice. <laughs> well, Halo, great choice. Tell us, tell us what kind of symptoms, excuse me, goodness. We know what kind yeah. of symptoms Eric experienced. Your symptoms were a little bit different prior to the diagnosis. Yeah, of I'll share some and, share and then go a little backwards with it. I think, you know, um, hindsight, I would have paid closer attention to my symptoms. Um, it, I had... Looking back, I learned what they were, and I'll share those in a minute. But the main complaints that I had were ringing in my ear that got so loud at night that I couldn't sleep. And, you know, Halo, the one who likes to research things, decided to do so and figured, oh, well, 50 million Americans suffer from tinnitus. Don't worry about it, Halo. Go back to sleep. You know, count sheep. Uh, think of something else, and it'll go away. But it continued to get so loud, I still couldn't sleep at night. And so that was one of my main concerns and what drew me to go see my ear, nose, and throat physician the other symptoms I were having um, were I thought I would hear voices in my head, and I and you said maybe that. I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm a writer. Maybe I'm going to write a book. I had never thought I would, but God told me something different later. Um, 
yeah, I would hear voices in my head. I think, is that from Little Women? Is that from Pride and Prejudice? What, you know, and then it would stop, and I'd feel a little faint, but I wouldn't faint. And I told my dad, who's a retired physician, about it, a rehabilitation physician. He said, Halo, don't worry about it. I love you, dear, but you're a type A triple mom. You've got too much on your plate. Your to-do list is so long. You're just stressed. Don't worry about it. Um, But that was not the case. And uh, later I learned those were auditory hallucination seizures. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Um, Didn't you also experience a very strong taste of metal? I, it would be brief. I would I would taste uh-huh. it. wouldn't last long. I'd have yeah. this brief phallic taste in my mouth, and I thought, wow, what's that from? And I was in a building that was painted often and almost weekly, and I attributed that funny taste in my mouth to that because often when I had that happen, the, the, the voices in the head and the, and the you know, feeling faint, and the, it happened most often in that building. So that's what I was attributing okay. to. It happened over sure. a two-month, you know, course period, and I was in that building sometimes three times a week. And um, the one day it happened three times, and it was when I was in that building. So I, that's what I was attributing it to. And that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it did. I, and, I, and my yeah. dad's a great doctor, and it made sense to him too. And I, I love my father, and I thought, well, that that reasoning makes sense. But then. God made that ringing in my ear a lot louder. It got louder and louder and louder, and that's when I went to see my ear, nose, and throat physician. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes God tries to. Well, they say if you're experiencing pain, that's God. That that is your know, body's way of telling you something is wrong. Absolutely. And so yeah. many of us ignore that. We either, either I think sometimes we feel like we're being wimpy, right? <laughs> or yeah. we just don't want to know what. Yeah. We could possibly yeah. be told, so I did we that. ignore it. Sure, we yeah. ignore it, hoping it will go away. I put up with my uh, <clears throat> uh, my tremor in my hand and would hide it, and and did that for a long time, almost a year, mm-hmm. uh, before it finally got so bad that I thought, you know, uh, probably my hand is not supposed to do this. So <laughs> I yeah, I like to wave to people, but this is not the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Halo, you went to surgery. I, I briefly explained in, in the mm. introduction that you were told you would be in the hospital for about six days. You went mm-hmm. to surgery with the expectation that you would be out of the hospital in less than a week. But what happened? Your well, story I'll took a dramatic just a little bit because we were talking about mm-hmm. my diagnosis and how I discovered mm-hmm. all of this. What happened was is the ringing in my ear brought me into the ear, nose, and throat physician, and I he said, let's do a dye contrast study on your ear for a treatable concern. I think you might have a benign tumor in your ear. So I sat back. I said, it's Friday. I am so busy. I have a you know basketball game to attend. I've got a lot on my plate, church on Sunday, guests for dinner. And I went in, and I walked in. The nurse brought me back, and she, the doctor had brought in backup. Now there are two doctors sitting there instead of one. Oh, that's so Halo, sit down. Time. <laughs> yeah, sit down. This has nothing to do with your ear. You have a tumor the size of a golf ball and it's lying over the main artery in your brain. Mm. My to-do list drops to the floor. I'm in a complete state of shock. I say, get my dad on the phone. I need the three of you to talk because I have a feeling I'm I'm not going to remember anything you're talking about. So I got my dad on the phone, and now it's three doctors talking in the room. I've never felt more frightened and alone. And at that moment, it was they figuratively reached up and said, Jesus, hold on to me, and do mm-hmm. not let go of me. And peace started to settle over my heart. Mm. I was still in shock, but God was meeting me. And um, then my parents came to pick me up, and the I, they told the physician also after, during conversation that I would be in the hospital for approximately six days. My appointment was scheduled with my neurosurgeon the following Monday, and... Then following surgery, um, we would find out from the neurosurgeon how long I would be in the hospital. And so I I had my to-do list up again. I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to get done before I go in for surgery? So. Hmm. And then you, you went through the surgery. You thought you were going to be getting out. And then what happened that prevented <clears throat> you um, being released as soon as you thought you would be? Yeah, I... <clears throat> Excuse me. I I thought I would be released in those six days. Um, that would be manageable. Um, 
But there's nothing like going into a hospital in January and waking up in March. I woke mm. up before that, but I don't remember much of it. Um, and wondering where time went. My brain, <clears throat> excuse me, my brain tumor of diagnosed tumors was one in two million, and you touch it, it's like touching poison ivy, and it caused my brain to dangerously swell. The longest that my neurosurgeon ever had someone in the hospital in 29 years of practice following brain tumor removal was six days. And it shocked him when I ended up in much longer than projected. And I was in the ICU for three weeks and then transferred to inpatient rehabilitation, relearning how to walk, talk, eat, think, um, all over again. I'm thankful today that I now know how to dance, uh, laugh, (laughs) think. Oh, goodness, I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. I would think so. And, you know, Halo, during that time that you were going through rehab, Of course, the part of the theme of our show is imagination. Did you find yourself imagining yourself back to a state where you were before this all happened? Oh, that I, I, part that of became what necessary. Yeah, I that, that became so. necessary. I needed to because <clears throat> if I'm sitting there and I can't make my legs move or if I'm flopping over like a Raggedy Ann doll or if I'm trying to put a spoon to my mouth and slobbering all over the place, I'm thinking I'm not a I'm not a baby. This is not how I'm supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. I am 50 years old. At that time, I'm 46. I I should be able to sit up straight, not flop over. I should be able to, you know, wash my own hair. I should be and I had contorted double vision for 20 weeks, mm-hmm. and I say I know that they're not two of everybody. Right. You said something in the book about having six kids instead yeah. of three and two husbands. <laughs> yeah, I, I told my husband <laughs> I had that double vision. I looked at him and I said, there are two of you, honey. I'm not sure which one to hug. And I said, you know, the beautiful thing is I've got one of you that gets to dote on me and flirt with me, and the other one gets to clean house. And he yeah. said, Halo, I love you, but I choose to be number one over number two. I'll be the dote and flirter. <laughs> And the house is, yeah. and the thing with the funny thing with the double vision is the house looked it was a mess because you know my kids adore me and my family adores me but a lot of them they were all taking care of me and the house <laughs> although it was a mess it was double the mess you know I'm like whoa this house <laughs> what happened here um, yeah so, but, uh, yeah. yeah I said that to Christine when I when I had the double vision I I said I'm the luckiest man in the world I have two wives. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they both look as beautiful and as you. I don't think I said that. <laughs> but yeah, I, remember, I remember that, yeah. I, yeah. I cannot imagine the frustration that a person must go through, though, Halo, in not being able to do the very simplest tasks mm-hmm. of daily living. It, mm-hmm. my, my husband had some, not near to the degree that you two did, but he had some experience with limited mobility and so such because he had an issue with his leg and his foot and was in a wheelchair and all this, but uh, it it can't be even begin to compare to what someone yeah. who is used to getting up out of a chair and walking across the room can't even do that anymore. I, I just, I just have you a know, higher Pat, It's interesting when you bring that up. It doesn't <laughs> compare. And I've had a lot of people share with me, wow, I've been through something difficult, but it doesn't compare to what you've been through, Halo. And to that, my response has always been, none of us walk the exact same journey. Mm-hmm. And what you are going through, my dear friend, is difficult for you right now, mm-hmm. but yes. it's still something that you can hand to God and, and watch him take you through it. If we all went through the exact same thing, we would not be able to turn around and help one another. You know, Very it's, true. Uh, Very true. It's, it's, I, for me in my journey, wow, God pulled me through something absolutely um, you know, horrifying. It's terrifying. But I'm not the only one who gets scared. I would say every single one of your listeners either has, is, or knows someone who's going through something difficult. This is true. And that's when we need to cling on to God. And I I agree. I, I'm not downplaying what, what he went mm-hmm. through. Oh, no, and I, I, I hear you. He went through a lot. When, you, when yeah. you said that, it reminded me. I know that you're not downplaying it at all. I've often heard that, like they'll hear my story and go, "Wow, oh, mine doesn't compare," mm-hmm. and and that's what I meant by it. And to them, yeah. I always say, "It's it's okay," you know, and and they appreciate that because they're like, 
you know, you're right. You've set my day in perspective, but I'm still struggling. And well, I always, I always said God knew what he was doing by giving all this to him because I would not have done well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and I he love what he does with it. He just remained as independent as he possibly could. I, I was just overwhelmed by his <laughs> independence and his determination. And yeah. he's just mm-hmm. he's just really something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she and then and then she moved on to I'm, I'm assuming moved on to rehab then is that right with Halo Halo yeah, yeah moved, that's what she moved, was saying then. moved mm-hmm. on to rehab and you know just you struggle so much to get through the actual surgery to get out of the bed to get from the ICU to the uh, to the rehab and and then <laughs> it doesn't get any easier from there um, no, so. I well in rehab I was sleeping approximately 19 hours a day still, sure. and uh-huh. they had they had this goal that I do three hours of therapy a day, and my husband's like I I don't think that's going to work. My husband, my wife is you know she's she's a stubborn one, but I just don't see her doing <laughs> three hours a day, and uh, you know at one point during rehab. Um, my husband walked into the room. He says, there's another doctor on his way to see you. And I said, oh, dear, what's this one for? And hmm. he said, well, this one needs to determine whether you get to stay here or go to a long-term care facility. And I'm thinking in my head, I wasn't putting it all together, long-term care facility, long-term care. Oh, that's home. So I said, do you mean I get to go home now? And my husband said, no, they need to see whether or not you need to go to a nursing home. Hmm. And I could oh, see, the, see the sadness in my husband's face. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I winked. I said, I love you. I said, mm-hmm. uh, help me get ready to see the doctor. I am not going to a nursing home. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, but I sat up again. I'm frail, you know, and my husband's helping me get dressed. And I'm like, you know, do my hair, fix me up. I, I You know, I've got to present myself well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in walked that doctor, dressed in the suit and carrying a clipboard. And I'm, I'm feeling like I'm about to face a medical inquisition. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and he asked me all this flood of questions, and you know, I, and my answers are simple. I'm paraphrasing what I wrote in the book, but there are several pages, to say the least, and I can't open it right up to it right now. But mm-hmm. you know, it was, I I know I'm here, but I don't want to be. Sure. My brain's not mm-hmm. walking with what I'm used to here. Yeah. Hey, and we're going to go to a commercial mm-hmm. break here in a few minutes, and okay. that, upon our return, we will, of course, discuss your book. Mm-hmm. And also another question I, I would like to explore with you when we come back. I know your relationship with God significantly changed as you traveled the, the d- difficult path that you did. And what I'm curious to know is, was God a very important part of your life from childhood on? Yeah. Or right. did did he become majorly important after this happened? So that's one of the yeah. couple of the things that, that I would like to explore with you when we when we come back from our break. And also, when we come back from our break, we'll be announcing... And when we come back from break, we'll be announcing the winner of our giveaway from last week. This is Derek. Do I get to say hello show. to this person, or can I mention their name and say hello? Beautiful to meet you. Enjoy the read. <laughs> oh. uh, you might just be able to do that. The, yeah, you might. We, and then, of course, then, <laughs> then not, later if not on... The, the if they're not on the phone, I can still say hello, whatever your name is. I'll write it down. Well, we, the thing is, we won't know who won her book yet. Oh, that's right. We won't know who won your book until next week. This will be the the winner of last Last week's giveaway. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to say that's beautiful that they won a book, but I'm glad we clarified that. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. But what what am I thinking? Folks have to have a week to enter the drawing, Halo. I don't know what I was But you know what? Next week, when we give away her book, we'll just get Halo on the phone again. We could do that. (laughs) That would be fun. Halo's back. I found you guys. I'm so excited to... That's okay. right. Halo, Halo's back. So we've got to go to break. Bounce. She found the radio station again. Here she is, folks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen to found Hope. Speaking. She found us. Let's go. <laughs> Listening to Literally Speaking right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Less Traveled Internet, <clears throat> excuse me, Ministries. <laughs> we'll be right back. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I took the one less traveled. <laughs> that has made all the difference. The Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christ-like. 
Gonzalo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The road of enlightenment. The road of discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, it's golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana, is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacomb. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. Whether you're looking for high-speed internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacomb has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes, but with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, DSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, look no further than Seacom's extensive privately-owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport. Seacom has the answers. Visit us at seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Welcome back to this week with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. You're right back here on Let's Speak on Blog Talk Radio with, <clears throat> with our guest, Halo Matzel. Halo, prior to the break, I had asked you to consider a a thought that I would like to discuss with you, which is uh, your relationship with God. Was it something that had been important to you since childhood, or did you grow a relationship with the Lord later on in life, and especially during this time in your life? Mm -hmm. 
I my relationship with God started, you know, in my home. We were raised Presbyterian, and Yay! I remember going. There you to, go. There you uh, go. Yeah. My husband was raised Catholic, and uh, but anyway, I I remember that my parents would, you know, they would help in Sunday school, and I never could figure out why it was okay when they brought out the little juice and Dixie cups and the little animal crackers, and I wanted to have Adam and keep going. My mom would say, "That's enough, my dear," and I she'd turn her back and go, I get a little bit more, don't I? And um, would keep enjoying those animal crackers and juice. And now that I'm 50, I, I hold back from doing that sort of thing. But, it, uh, it, you know, I think in terms of my faith, wow, you know, as a, a six- or seven-year-old, it's much different than it is as you grow older. Although mm. I think that there's an innocence that children have in their, their faith, you know. It's, uh, I've heard story after story. In fact, I met a little young boy the other day. Um, he said, I love God. He's so amazing. He knows how to keep me strong when I don't want to be. He helps me do my chores if I <laughs> want to grumble because Mama told me I'm supposed to respect the parents because God said so. So it's, you know, there's a difference in the, out of the mouths of babes, they say, mm-hmm. you know, what yes. children will uh, My faith is, you know, God has pulled me through a lot. And as we grow older, um, it's beautiful to see what he can do in the midst of adversity, and make us stronger. So my faith before surgery was one of, I thought I thought I had a great relationship with God. I thought I was spending enough time with him. I went to church. I, you know, got involved. I uh, read my Bible. I prayed a lot. I spent time with him. I thought I spent enough time with him. Mm-hmm. After my surgery, that changed. My and upon diagnosis is when it started. I felt like I was walking with God every minute, and likely because I was in a state of complete shock and fear. But that was a place where I now see that God was saying, "Halo, will you trust me? Mm-hmm. Not just trust portions of your day or where the parts of your life that you think you want to give me, but all of it. I need you to trust me." with everything. And that's where my faith blossomed and grew in ways I never imagined. I thought I loved God enough before surgery. And I realized afterward that I wasn't loving him as much as I should. Halo, did you ever have a period of time during this whole ordeal when you felt angry at God, like, thanks a lot, why me? Did you ever have that experience? Oh, absolutely. I don't know anyone that would go through something like this and not be angry. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, it's like, God, really? I thought I've been following you all along. I know that you love <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, because I know Derek experienced that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, what do you mean I've got a golf ball sized tumor in my head? I don't have time for this. Yeah. You know, why did you let this happen? Yeah. And. <gasps> Yeah. Yeah, I had I had done that as well, Halo. I was uh I I was probably even further into the anger <laughs> realm than mm-hmm. most people and and just very immaturely would scream out to God, you, you know, I've done everything that you wanted me to do. I I've, I've been a pastor. I've done all this. You owe wow. me. You know, <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it seems like the right thing to say at that moment. And then you, you look in hindsight, you look back and say, oh, my gosh, how could I have said that? Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I did. I would scream out just, you know, this isn't fair. You owe me. I I deserve better. And, and it's just being put in that place that that makes us do that. So but Pat, we got we forgot yes. to give away. Oh, the, my goodness. Our producer Jim just shouted at me in my ear yes. and said, "What are you doing? You didn't announce the winner of last week's giveaway." I said, "Oh man!" There's that's a the very I think I think he's do. got a dog in the hunt uh-huh. on this one. That's the first thing we do. We come back from the break, and that's he's right. so anxious to have us announce the winner because actually the name that is going to go over the airwaves is him. Yeah, that's right. He won our winner for for last week's giveaway, which was the three book. Mm-hmm. Irish historical uh-huh. romantic suspense series, Edge of Freedom series mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Ludwig, mm-hmm. is Jim Hutchison. That's Congratulations, right. Jim. Jimbo won. That's right. And that, <laughs> Congratulations, and it, it, Jimbo. 
See, there you go. You even got a congratulations from Halo. From that, Halo, that's, that, that's right. Well, that's I'm excited right. because now Jim can, if Dixie isn't in the room anyway, he can yeah. take him and, yeah, he you can. know, he can watch the mail. That's and right. And take him and hide him and give him to her for her birthday or whatever. Yeah. And then later <laughs> then on. Then he can pretend it. And then later on we'll have a the other giveaway. Of uh, course. We're gonna do and we're going to have in, This actually leads into what I wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. about next, Halo. We will be offering a giveaway here pretty soon for this show. But tell us about your book. Yes. Which is About my book. Well, my book started as a diary hidden in a drawer. I never thought I'd write one. And then God said, I have a different idea for you in mind. I want you to take that diary that you started and share it. And Mm -hmm. share with others where hope is found. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I I remember I was filling my... uh, car with gas one day and a gentleman offered to help me because I was struggling a little bit with that nozzle and trying to stick it in the car and all that mm-hmm. but he he stopped by and um, we were talking and while we were filling the car with gas he looked up and he said look at that eagle I'm like wow that eagle is so beautiful God made that and he looked at me kind of amazed and he goes you know what I point that eagle out often and no one has ever been that enthusiastic about the eagle that I show. And I was reminded of Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Mm-hmm. And after talking with my friend Stevie, he looked at me and he said, Halo, don't you stop writing that book. You have a story to share. Mm-hmm. And... I say we all do. He goes, you have a, you've started yours. Other people may follow suit, and that'd be great. But share your story and encourage others. Mm-hmm. And so I've had my moments of feeling like I don't want, you know, quitting. But time and time again, God would show me there's a purpose behind this. There's a purpose behind what I pulled you through. So keep going, girl. So I do. Yes. Yes. And, of course, as I told you, Halo, I read the book. And I, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> what was most amazing to me was just your undaunting courage and and strength and and trust and I saw that trust grow mm-hmm. over a period of time throughout the the telling of your story but you were just challenged with so much that I was very inspired by it. Thank you. Yeah, I I often would say I know I'm fragile but God is going to make me strong. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes I doubt, but God's going to help me trust. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes I'm discouraged, but God's going to give me courage and determination. And and he did, and he always does. Mm-hmm. He sure did, yes. Yeah. Halo, in reading your book, I I took some notes, things that I wanted to talked with you about today. One of the references that I really liked, you referred to yourself as becoming a safe friend. And although I have a general idea what that means, can you expound on what that means a little bit more and how a person can bring that characteristic into a friendship? And and maybe not even just your situation, but in any situation, because I think it can apply in a general way, actually. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it was something that I was taught through this journey, um, the friends that encircled me and did so in a beautiful way, I learned character qualities that I had not yet instilled in myself to the magnitude that they often did with me. And, for instance, I had a friend that was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer and an extraordinarily frightening journey. She was, I believe, 49 years old at the time, three children, and lived, had everything going for her and shocked upon the diagnosis. And I remember telling my dear friend, I want to be a safe one for you. And what I mean by that is I'm, you can talk to me and let me know what you're afraid of, and I won't share it with anyone else but mm-hmm. God. I won't take it anywhere else. I may share it with my husband and God, and that's it. I also want you to know that I'm not going to bring this up with you your diagnosis and the upcoming surgery, unless you want me to, because you have to have times of normalcy as well. Exactly. Yeah, and when you feel prepared to talk about what's going on or or you want want, um, prayer, um, I will be that friend. Mm 
Sometimes I'll be that friend who sits in a quiet corner with you, and all we do is sit and pray, or we just sit quietly. And and that's what I meant by being that safe friend. And, um, you know, because oftentimes when some of us, many of us go through something difficult, we don't need to be reminded of it daily. We need normal moment, normal moments. And, um, yeah. And that's that's what I was going to say. I know, I knew when when my husband was going through what he was, mm-hmm. it was nice to to go to lunch with a close friend and be able to share right. the other normal things that were going on in somebody else's life mm-hmm. without being asked how's he doing, what's going on, would the doctor say this last time? Because basically the doctor said the same thing for a right. long period of time while he was waiting for one wound to be healed, and. There were times when you just didn't want to talk about it. Sure. I mean, you you appreciate the how are things going, mm-hmm. but if you say fine, then drop it right there. Right. You know, if I say not so good, and then mm-hmm. you want to expound on what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we tend to feel that when someone is going through something, you need to bring it up so they feel comfortable talking about it. That well, that's not always the case. Yeah. So I I very much like that you referred to the safe. Mm-hmm. Safe friend. Mm-hmm. We have what about three minutes before our giveaway. Jimbo, how long do we have for a giveaway here? Four, Four minutes. minutes. Okay. Yeah, you've got you got time. Throw in another question. All I like right, I like right. listening well, to well, Halo. I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, right. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You have a very very nice sweet voice. Good radio voice. I like you listening to you guys giggle, laugh, and talk. We're having a great time together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You talk about your heightened appreciation for everything in life. Yeah, heightened appreciation for everything. I hear every giggle there is. I like. I love every. <laughs> it's all good. I like that. Yep. Uh, abilities, relationships, not taking anything for granted, and I think you already shared one example of how you react to people and circumstances after versus before your illness. When you mentioned the eagle, and the mm-hmm. fact that. Every little thing in nature, every little thing that your kids do. Is there any anything you'd like to add to that before we go to to giveaway? I think I just I had a I have a new greater appreciation for even simple things and and outreach and helping others even if it's in a small manner has um, is now contagious. And an example of that is I was in a, a warehouse and I was, you know, pushing my cart through and unloading and I did all that. And then the woman behind me, she had three children. They're little, like, cute little frogs crawling all over the cart. One screaming, you could hear it probably a mile away so loud. And the mom was frustrated and getting angry. And I said, hey, do you mind if I help you? And she said, oh, if you think you can. And I had fun with the kids. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. lift up the eggs, lift up the sugar. This is going to be for those cookies that you're going to help mom make later. And when we were all done, the mom looked at me and she goes, you have no idea how much I really appreciate you making this fun, that I could enjoy my children rather than get frustrated with their, their joy in the store and climbing all over the cart. And she said, thank you, Halo. And as I walked out, I thought, you know, she just inspired me because I'm on my way to go home to my handsome, wonderful teenage boys and I need to appreciate them the way I just taught this woman to appreciate her young children. And mm-hmm. it's that uh, right back at you thing, you know. Yes. We think we share inspiration, but oftentimes, 99% of the time, I'm inspired right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of the cla- the uh, <laughs> study that you're doing right now, Derek, on your other show. On Lord, your- change my attitude yeah, before it's and, too late. and how we... <laughs> Love that. We so tend to be discontent with mm-hmm. our daily life, and mm-hmm. we should be so content because we have so much, and we just don't realize. Abs- absolutely. Let's get to the to the giveaway because oh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm gonna, uh, this is I'm I'm cheating. Well, you're not Big cheating because I haven't even. You uh, know what? I'm, now, I haven't even set the page to go matter. live yet, it, it, simply it, because I know you will enter. Doesn't matter. Before. I can touch your laptop, which means <laughs> I can get into your laptop, which means uh, hack right into he's your blog talk radio. Right in there. It's so fun to watch to see how this contest is working. I'm I'm giggling. I'm listening to you too, and this is just hilarious. It's all good. I'm like, how does this contest work? Okay, so how how does this contest work? This, okay. yeah, here we right. here we now, go. Now we'll get to. Doesn't matter how it works this time because I'm gonna I'm winning. <laughs> You're winning. I'm winning. You are. Even 
Even if <clears throat> Halo, even if she comes back next week and gives another name, I'm going to put my name on the board. See, he's, that, he's trying to imply that's it. that, I, that it's fixed is it's, what he's trying to do, Halo. No, what I'm implying is that I'm fixing it next time. That's that's the only time. Oh, so, I, so. Okay. I see. I see. <laughs> Planning ahead. You're planning well, ahead. There you go. There you go. I'm laying the groundwork. You know, that, that type Art of man. thing. So. Wisdom at its okay. finest. That's great. Okay, go ahead and tell him, Pat, that it okay. really is. It's it's legit. So so uh, can we play the jingle? Yes, we can play Jimbo, the jingle. Jimbo, play the jingle. <laughs> it's time for Let's Speak Literary Steel of the Week. You hate that, don't you, Pat? No, I'm sorry. It's, it's growing on me. Halo, she hates my jingle. Giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> it's growing on me, slowly but surely. All right, how do we do it, Pat? How okay, do we, how we, do we win? We have out there that want to know what in the world is going on here. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. We, uh, <clears throat> we have a, we are offering a giveaway of Halo's book this week. The name of her book is Halo Found Hope. Yes. And it is an amazing book testament to her faith and her strength and mm-hmm. her courage through her ordeal. And you can win and it. And the way that a person can win it is to go to my website, which we haven't even mentioned the name of yet, Mm-mm. and it is www.pattypattysheen.com. Mm-hmm. And you will see under the Blog Talk Radio tab a... Another tab that yeah, says, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that says, uh, in fact, it says Halo Matzel giveaway. Mm-hmm. I've even named it to where people know that that's the giveaway. Can't miss it. Yeah, exactly. And scroll down to the bottom. There's a picture of Halo's book there. Mm-hmm. And scroll down to the bottom. And at the very bottom, there's a a little button-like thing that says add comment. You simply click on that. It will ask you for three things. It will ask you for your name, and first name is fine. It will ask you for your location, and that can be very generic, United States or wherever. You don't have to put your town or anything like that if you're not comfortable doing that. And email, of course, is something that is required because that's the only way I can get in touch with the winner to let Mm -hmm. that person know that they have won. Please be aware that I do not use email for scamming or spamming or phishing or whatever they call it. I don't use it for anything other than to notify the winner that they won the book. In no fact, scam, no spam, no fish, no that's nothing. That's right. In fact, as soon as the giveaway is over and the name has been drawn, which is drawn, by the way, through random.org, uh, so not fixed. Not this time. Never fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, then then the whole page is entirely deleted. So um, there is no way that. Uh, and then we will. And they have until Monday. They have until Monday, the thirtieth of March this week mm-hmm. at eight p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. Okay. And then Alrighty. and then boom, you'll throw all those names in to random dot org, and exactly Derek Hutchison will come up. We'll see. <laughs> And then this halo will find out from Patty and Derek who that um, beautiful winner was. And halo will get out that pen and sign a personal note on the inside of the book and off it will go in the mail. That is very sweet, halo. Thank you very much for that. I should probably just tell you how to spell my name right now, halo. (laughs) Let me get right on that, Derek. I think I know how because I have a nephew named Derek. It's an amazing name, by the way. Oh, I, there's a lot of ways to spell it. That's right. He's probably gone through everything that uh, that I've gone through with the name Derek. So, you know, it starts with a C. It starts with a C no, for cheater, cheater, cheater. Hey. Well, you know, with a name like Halo, oh, my goodness. You know, oh, Halo, how's it pronounced? How's it spelled? Well, it's spelled with an E, pronounced with an A. And, I love you know, that. Oh, yeah. like an angel has a halo on its head, right? And go, well, you must be an angel. No, I'm not. But um, God bless you, uh, you know, or, or Hilo. And my full name was Heloise. And so when I grew up, my parents would call me Weasel. My mom has an accent, so she'd call me Veezy. Um, so. Hello, Veezy. You, um, you were born in a different country, weren't you, uh, Halo? I was I mean, born in Holland. Yeah, in Holland. Okay. Oh, I was Holland. thinking of Holland. Yeah, but you were all yeah, I'm the there. first generation of immigrants to the United States. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. 
Yeah, my parents had $200 to their name, and we boarded a boat, and I slept in a suitcase. My mom tied it open, (laughs) and she couldn't sleep at all because she kept fearing it would shut on me overnight. But we made it here and then moved to Chicago and from there off to Seattle, Washington. Oh, that's just amazing. Now, was your dad a physician before he came? No, my dad became a physician. He was a physicist. He studied uh, in Chicago, and um, then he went to a Ph.D. MD program in Miami, Florida, and became a doctor. Um, and when he was about 30, 28, 30 years old, he went to medical school. Um, wow. The American is, dream, right that there. Is, man, Absolutely. that's a story in itself. Hey, we'll have to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> that's a story in itself. <laughs> I'll be back. I love talking with you. You're, you. You guys are so fun. <laughs> Call me back anytime. America. Yeah, there you go. Hey, that's the name there of the second book. Hey, I'll to be an American. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. No, we'll keep laughing. This and 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 you know, and going to strong places. God, it's all good. Well, like I told you, Halo, we never ever get through all of our topics because the time goes by so fast. But I did want to ask you something that I think would interest our listeners. Well, everything we've talked about is interested our listeners, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, your daughter Lauren, she felt that she was protected against the severity of your condition by other family members. And then she reacted with a good deal of shock when she was confronted with the reality of seeing you in the ICU for the first time. How honest and forthright do you believe a parent should be with a child about illness? And I realize that that's a difficult question because you're talking about a wide range of age, but say a teen, because your daughter was a teen at the time. Yeah, a teenager. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if I had to give advice on all that, I think it would require another book. But uh, it's, you know, with different ages of children. And I think, you know, the first thing is prayer. Um, and my husband and I waited for a little bit before we told the children right away because we waited until we saw the neurosurgeon before we had more facts. But the difficult part with telling our children was that my anticipated stay was only six days. And we really yes. thought I was home. And so my dad, I'm the great physician here, and um, family physician, I should say, and my husband protected the children thinking that I'd be home shortly. And my daughter was currently in law school and very busy. Not not, not at that time. She's in law school now, but she was in undergraduate school and wanted her to focus on school. My kids were busy with school and their activities. And, but when this, the information that we, that they were given as time progressed became different and it, and when she walked in and saw me in the ICU, said, this is not okay. Mom's not okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it She had been living up. with a false security probably that was yeah, pretty, well, we pretty well shattered that day, I bet. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They were in shock, you know. And yeah. I know my mom would come in and see me daily in the ICU. And uh, at one point my body was slapped between two plastofabric sheets of ice and I turned into an icicle. And the reason for the ice sheets was to keep my brain from swelling mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And um, every day my mom would come in and say, hi, Halo, no response. Hi, Halo, no response. And one day she walked in, hi, Halo, I love you. God loves you too. She kept looking at me, no response. But then I lifted my hand about oh, maybe half an inch, turned it, and it dropped. And that was my weak wave. And they were ecstatic. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, when you came home, Halo, I believe your sons were 12 and 15 at the time. You mm-hmm. mentioned that you gained a, they had gained a level of independence because they had essentially learned to get along without you. How did that make you feel? I, I wanted, you know, they had an early opportunity to spread their wings because I was at home. Mm-hmm. And it's not time to fly out of the nest. And, you know, it's, it was as if they were saying, you know, Mom, we've learned how to call all of our own shots since you've been gone, so we're going to keep doing that. And and, I, and me, it was like, hold on a minute, boys, that's not where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. And while I, I felt like I missed out on so much because they grew up in a hurry, and they were so thankful I was home, it, it was tender for a while there to readjust. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, because I wanted to keep them small, younger. <laughs> I didn't want them to grow up in a hurry, and they already had more so than they would have had I not gone been. into the hospital for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And, um, 
but we're today it's amazing you know it's grown us as a family and uh i love them they love me right back and i don't let a night or day go by without saying i love you and it's all good mm. and i have to admit i didn't do that all the time before surgery you know we get so busy we don't often say i love you every day so. yes exactly you know, the very last thing I wanted to bring up, and I think this will pretty much wrap up the crux of all mm-hmm. that we have been talking about. In your book, you stated, find hope in God. This is when his love gets real. So tell us, despite all of your trials, your fears, your doubts, how did you know that God's love was always present? I uh, I learned in a delicate And the reason I'm left speechless on this for just a moment is because God, his affection is so vast. Mm -hmm. Almost overwhelming at times. Yeah, it's it's like he leaves me speechless. Mm -hmm. And his love's incredible. And uh, what I learned is that he holds on and never lets go. It's sometimes us that are turning our backs on him. Yeah. There and you go. But he's always there. And mm-hmm. that was something remarkable that I learned if I turn and face him. Like, hey, hey, God, you've always been here. And he said, yes, my dear, I have. And I asked you to trust me. Mm-hmm. And um, that was probably the hardest part of this was trusting him. But, wow, how amazing it is to, you know, see... Um, how real and genuine his love is. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. times have we yeah. heard when we're mm-hmm. most distant from God, it's us that move <laughs> away, not him, and, and we so easily tend to blame him. I can remember Where that. Where did you go? Yeah, I can, yeah, I can remember that very clearly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just asking God and saying, hey, where where did you go when I needed you? And very clearly hearing him say, I've been here all the time. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been I, I didn't go here. anywhere. But, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. And yeah. yeah, and it's. Uh, I remember one day sitting at the piano, and I couldn't transfer the, what I saw in the notes down to my fingers. And dad's, my mm-hmm. dad said, the best therapy you'll ever do. And part of the lyrics go, angels, hold on tight. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything will be all right. Tell me if I stay or when I go. God has my soul. And that speaks to how whether, you know, all of us are going to get called away from this earth at some point or another, but it, mm-hmm. we're not staying here. And thank God we aren't because yeah. this is not heaven. Right. Um, it's um, to know that God is real is beyond just going to church on Sunday, beyond just pulling out that Bible every once in a while. Yes. It's mm-hmm. knowing that he's by your side all the time. You just got to right. turn around and make sure you're looking at him or right. looking up. Yeah. Pat, we're Halo, at a time. Halo, you have shared your, <laughs> your heart and yeah. your soul with us, yeah. and we want to thank, thank you, you so much. So much. This, so welcome. This show has been absolutely <clears throat> wonderful, and we want to thank you ever so much. I wish you the very best. I know you have several other radio and mm-hmm. magazine interviews lined up. Yeah. And uh, be blessed as you get your message out to the world, Halo, because you definitely have one to give, and we can't thank you enough for your time with us today. God bless you, Halo. God bless you. Thank you so much for inviting me. God bless you, too. <laughs> I want to remind our listeners to go to Halo's website, which mm-hmm. is Halo Found, Halo Found, Found Hope. Hope. Yep. And she also has a Facebook and a Twitter page by the same name, so go ahead and, and connect with Halo. I'm sure she would she would enjoy that. What's next week? We, next week we have a lady by the name of Stephanie Lansom. She uh-huh. is the author of the Living Water series. These are oh. three biblical fiction uh-huh. books that each tell a familiar Bible story. She'll share the travels that she's experienced while researching her books and many other aspects of her writing life. So I'm excited to have Stephanie with us next week. It's right close to Easter time, so I think that will be a great show. Fantastic. And I want to remind folks to go sign up for the giveaway, which mm-hmm. is at pattysheen.com. Check on the Blog Talk Radio tab, and you'll find it right there at the uh, page giveaway. Yep. 
And let me remind our listeners, as always, throughout the coming week, let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. Thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you back with us next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. God bless you all. God bless. There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning some dark and cold There is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.